It's Tuesday, August the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, HSBC's poor results and a cut from TikTok. First, the world in brief. HSBC, Europe's largest bank, reported pre-tax profits of $4.3 billion for the half-year to June 30th, a 65% fall on the same period in 2019, worse than many had expected. The bank blamed the costs of bad loans during the pandemic, as well as escalating tensions between China and America. It makes the lion's share of its profits in Asia, particularly Hong Kong. After threatening to ban TikTok, a Chinese-owned short video app, President Donald Trump welcomed its purchase by Microsoft or another American company. He insisted the app would be banned if such a sale were not completed by September 15th, adding that America's Treasury itself should profit from the deal for making it possible. He did not explain how that might be done. An increase in demand after the easing of COVID-19 restrictions led manufacturing activity in the Eurozone to expand for the first time since 2019. IHS Market, a research firm, reported that its Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index rose from 47.4 in June to 51.8 in July. Any reading above 50 indicates an expansion. At least 29 people were killed on Monday in a battle between Islamic State militants and Afghanistan's security forces. They clashed in Jalalabad after IS assaulted a prison holding about 2,000 inmates, including IS and rival Taliban fighters, and freed many of them. The police claim to have recaptured about 1,000, leaving an unknown number at large. Israel's army said it struck military targets in Syria, including anti-aircraft batteries and command and control facilities. The attack, using fighter planes and helicopters, was described as retaliation for an attempt to plant explosives in the Israeli-occupied Golan Heights. Tensions have been running especially high since Israel killed a member of Hezbollah, a Lebanese militia backed by Iran, in Syria last month. Juan Carlos, the former king of Spain, went into self-imposed exile. In 2014, facing both poor health and a financial scandal, he had abdicated in favour of his son, Felipe. Recently, Juan Carlos has been dogged by allegations of corruption, money laundering and tax evasion. He oversaw Spain's transition from dictatorship to democracy, but the scandals rendered him an embarrassment. And a new section of a bridge over the river Polsevera in Genoa, designed by Renzo Piano, was opened. The previous one collapsed in 2018, killing 43 people. In a country notorious for the glacial progress of many building projects, the new structure took just over a year to build. The Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte hailed a symbol of the new Italy. And now, here's today's agenda. President's Day, celebrating Barack Obama. Today is the third annual Barack Obama Day in the 44th president's home state of Illinois. The day honors, in the words of the act establishing it, a president who dedicated his life to protecting the rights of Americans and building bridges across communities. Recently, Mr. Obama, still wildly popular among Democrats, has returned to the political fray. Last week, he delivered a pointed eulogy for John Lewis, a congressman from Atlanta and civil rights legend, in which he urged automatic voter registration, statehood for Puerto Rico, and an end to partisan gerrymandering and the Senate filibuster. 
Over the past two months, he raised more than $24 million for his former vice president, Joe Biden, now the Democratic nominee. He has also been unusually candid, reportedly calling Mr. Trump's politics nativist, racist and sexist, and saying that the end point of such policies are what we saw in Europe 70 years ago. A deal in the making, Argentina's debt negotiations. Hours before today's deadline on Argentina's negotiations with its creditors, President Alberto Fernandez's government made an improved offer. Government sources indicated a settlement on $65 billion worth of debt was close. The economy minister, Martin Guzman, in virtual talks with leading bondholders in New York, proposed raising Argentina's offer above 54 cents on the dollar and accelerating the timeline for payment. The shares of Argentine companies on Wall Street rose substantially on reports of an imminent deal, which would avoid yet another sovereign default. Mr Fernandez had previously threatened to postpone negotiations until next year and instead seek talks with the IMF on the settlement of its $44 billion loan from 2018, a move dismissed by creditors as obvious poker. Government sources have insisted throughout months of talks that the president recognised the imperative of reaching an agreement with bondholders given Argentina's rapidly deteriorating economy, which is expected to contract by 10% this year because of COVID-19. Swedish exceptionalism, lockdown economics. When Sweden refused to go into lockdown despite the dangers of COVID-19, the world was aghast. Tomorrow it publishes its GDP figures for the second quarter, revealing whether its approach saved the country's economy. Economists expect a 7% quarter-on-quarter fall. That is grim, but not as grim as the 10.1% contraction of Germany's economy, Europe's largest. Defenders of the Swedish strategy will see the figures as proof that they chose a sensible path. Critics will argue that the death toll, one of the highest in the world and much higher per person than Germany's, was too dear a price to pay for limiting the shrinkage of GDP by only a few percentage points. Sweden's government insists that its choice was not determined by economic considerations but by longer-term strategic thinking. It reasoned that Swedes would not tolerate a draconian lockdown until a vaccine was found, so a lighter touch was needed. Healthy warning, Google's acquisition of Fitbit. The European Union will announce today whether it will open a full-scale investigation into Google's $2.1 billion takeover of Fitbit, a fitness tracking firm. If recent press reports are right, it will. This will delay the deal, which was first announced in November. The EU worries that the internet giant will use the highly personal data collected by Fitbit devices, from heart rates to sleeping patterns, to help it direct advertising. Last month, Google tried to alleviate the concern by giving its word that it would not. But the EU reportedly wants further concessions, such as allowing third parties to use Fitbit's data on equal terms. Regulators are right to be suspicious. It would not be the first time that Google and other big tech companies had vowed not to combine their data with those of an acquisition target, only to renege on the promise a few years later. Timey Kangaroo Down Sport, Melbourne's stricter lockdown. Melburnians wake this morning after their second night under curfew. 
Though the city's second lockdown has lasted almost a month, COVID-19 cases are up since it started. Victoria, of which Melbourne is the capital, now has 7,077 of Australia's more than 7,360 active cases. Contact tracers have lost track of the origins of hundreds of infections. So on Sunday, Victoria's government declared a state of disaster, tightening its lockdown of the city's 5 million residents into Australia's strictest yet. They may now leave home just once a day for food and once for exercise. From tomorrow, thousands of shops, salons and offices will be closed. Factories will be shut and construction sites scaled back. One problem was that sickly employees, many on casual contracts, came to work even after showing symptoms. These rules should keep an extra 250,000 workers at home until September. Many will lose their jobs and stay there after lockdown. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Walter Pater, who was born on this day in 1839. What we have to do is to be forever curiously testing new opinions and courting new impressions. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.